Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Mom, bow your heads, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to be life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even just days from now. Our prayer is that they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. If you would lift, lift your Bibles up, let's say this confession. Say this together. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. Oh, we can read it together. Let's go. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we're in the series Beyond Good. And before we kick that off, you know, I thought of a Smith story I forgot to tell you. My wife and I went out to this restaurant recently, relatively recently, and something interesting happened. They brought my wife's food to the table, presented it. It's already in front of her. Shortly after, the, it was a waitress. She came back, looked my wife in the eye, and had the nerve to ask my wife, Ma'am, there is a lady at another table that might be interested in what you have. Can I take your food over? Can I take your food over to that table? And let, now, I'm going to tell you honestly what I said in my head. I said, did she just ask a black woman to pick up her food and take it to somebody else's table? But I was chill. I didn't say that. I looked over at Greta. Greta gave her that look at first that was like, are you serious? Hoping that she would be like, oh, you know, I'll, but no. She came back with the question as if Greta didn't hear her. Can I take your food, your plate over? Greta say, no. <laughs> take my food over to some other table. And so we can't, I tell you that because, you know, we, we, You've probably had these discussions before when sometimes people will ask you something and you wonder, what made you think that that made any kind of sense? Now, get this. Forget about Greta's skin color, how you think about it. But just in our COVID season alone, why would you why would you take somebody else's food? Just a. 
I had to tell y'all that one. It, it, was, it was one of those moments where I literally sat there because I didn't know, I knew what my wife's response was going to be. <laughs> I didn't know whether the volcano was going to erupt <laughs> or not. But she was cool. She was, she was, but she got her point across. That lady, that lady got away from that table because every response got a little bit more, stop, get out of here now, foot. No, I'm, <laughs> All right, family. Y'all know we've been just kind of resting in this Exodus chapter three with Moses, and we've been focused on the voice tr translation of the Bible. Let's take a look right here at our first image. This is the voice. We've read this before, but let's go ahead and run it through once more. Exodus chapter three, verses one through four reads like this. Now, one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pasture to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, where the mountain of God stood. There, the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Hmm. Moses said to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the eternal one saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. Now we have things highlighted there because those are the things we've touched on so far. Not that they're not some, some more we could extract out of, that, out of that orange or that lemon, but what have we touched on so far? Down at the bottom, it says that God called out to him. Now when God called out to him, God was getting ready to give him an assignment. And out of that discussion, what we said is, you know what we need to do as people? We need to stop lying to God. When God calls you for an assignment, when he's already tapped you on the shoulder, if you tell him that you, you can't do it, if you go through your laundry list of, of, of how you're insufficient, what you're doing is you're lying to God because he wouldn't have tapped you on the shoulder if you couldn't do it. And the moment he taps you on the shoulder, something in your mind should say, hey, this is God calling. Maybe he already knew all about me before he called me. We move up to where it says that unusual pastures. And we said, you know what we need to do? We need to have courage to take an unusual path. Get out of our routine. Get out of our comfort zone. And do something that God is urging us to do that may not be what we would normally do. Now, we can stay in our routine. We can stay in our comfort zone. But if we do, what we do is we do something bad against ourselves. We keep ourselves from coming in contact with the God of all purpose. There. That's highlighted because on that unusual path, God meets you there. The provision he has for you for what he's called you to do is there. Not where you wish God would meet you, but God wants to meet you where he wants you to be. There. We are now going to start talking about this burning bush in particular. Look at this. Go to my next one. Notice we only have one thing highlighted here, and we're just going to jump in verse 2. This guy is doing flocks for his, for his father-in-law. It says, 
There the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush. Say looked again at the bush. My, my, my. He looked again at the bush as it blazed. But to his amazement, the bush did not burn up. Then he started talking to himself about this amazing sight. Loved ones, there is a tremendous amount of insight in that one portion of this verse. What is that insight? I'm going to tell you what that insight is, but not until we do something. Because I want to make a statement. And in order to make that statement, what I need to do is go into the New Testament and we need to have a quick talk about spiritual gifts. The statement that I'm going to make is one that's kind of bold in nature, but going to the New Testament is going to give us some context or foundation or give some girth or some oomph to the statement that I make. Spiritual gifts in the New Testament, there, there, there are several places, but the main chunks are in Romans, like Romans 12 or Romans 8. We're going to show them to you. I think it's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Let's look at the first one. It was a Romans, look at me, Romans 12. Easy to read version. These are, these are nothing that you haven't read before if you've been in church any length of time or studied your Bible any length of time. Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. We all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace of the grace of God gave us, the grace God gave us. Whoever has the gift of prophecy should use that gift in a way that fits the kind of faith they have. Whoever has the gift, gift of serving should serve. Whoever has the gift of teaching should teach. Whoever has the gift of comforting others should do that. Whoever has the gift of giving to helping up to help others should give generously. Whoever has the gift of leading should work hard at it. Whoever has the gift of showing kindness to others should do it gladly. Go to my first Corinthians for me. It's going to run through these. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven, verse seven through 10. Also easy to read. Something from the something from the spirit can be seen in each person. The spirit gives this to each one to help others. The spirit gives one person the ability to speak with wisdom and the same spirit gives another person the ability to speak with knowledge. The same spirit gives faith to one person and to another to the other to another. He gives gifts of healing. The spirit gives to one person the power to do miracles to another, the ability to prophesy, to prophesy, to prophesy. I don't want to say prophesy there, but to prophecy and to another, the ability to judge what is from the spirit and what is not. The spirit gives one person the ability to speak in different kinds of languages and to another the ability to interpret those languages. Last one, Ephesians chapter four. Thank you for sitting through this with me. Ephesians four. I'm giving this out of the King James because the good old King James speak is how we used to how we used to hear it. And I have verse eight in there because it starts with verse eight through eleven. Ephesians four. Wherefore, he saith. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave what gifts unto men. Now, some people are going to say or have said that the gifts that we're getting ready to note, we're going to jump down to verse 11, that they're really offices in the church and not gifts. But let's not do wordplay right now because he said Christ gave gifts. 
Let's just call it a gift for now. Okay, we can haggle about stuff that not a kingdom issue later. Gave gifts unto men. Now that he, he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, there are a few others that talk about like the gift of hospitality and some other stuff. But why do we read all of that? Because I want to make a statement. And that statement is this. The best and worst thing for a large portion of believers to learn or to know is that they learn about spiritual gifts. One more time, probably more succinct. The, the, the best thing they know about spiritual gifts but sometimes the worst thing, they know about spiritual gifts. Mm. Take me back to Exodus. And let me tell you what God wants me to tell you. Loved ones, we have highlighted here verse 2, a portion of verse 2 that says this. There the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. If you would appease me once more, read those next six words with me. Go. Moses looked again at the bush. Family, if you were to do some research on this neck of the woods, should I call it, this desert place that Moses exists in, what you would find is that burning bushes are common. What you will find is burning bushes are, are, are nothing earth shattering. A lightning strike can start a bush ablaze. It's the desert. Internal combustion, things just get so hot and dry that they burn. It was nothing for a shepherd to see a burning bush. Why, does that, why is that noteworthy? Why is it noteworthy that Moses looked again at the bush? That tells me that initially when Moses saw that burning bush, he ignored it because it was common. It says to me, which well, I love this translation, Moses looked again at the bush. I want you to say something with me. Say this with me. Where am I going to get? Here I am. Say this. Say, Moses, Moses is, positioned is positioned before a sign of God, but he is ignoring it because it is common. The God of all creation is giving this boy a sign, but he's ignoring it because it's common. The God of all creation wants to talk to him about purpose, but he's ignoring it because it's common. How can I say that more directly? 
I got something on the screen to show you. Why does Moses first ignore the sign? Moses ignores God's sign because it is common and not spiritual. Many of us are in that same scenario. We're right there. We talk about God, I want you to do something in my life that makes my life better. God, I want you to do something in my life that prospers me. I want you to do something in my life that gets me out of this situation. I want you to do something in my life that turns my situation around. And all the while we could be standing in front of a burning bush. But we ignore it. Because to us, it looks common. I have something I want us to say together. It is a tad lengthy. But say it with me. Notice this image. Because you may already have a burning bush right before you. Y'all ready? Ready? Read. In other words, what God has for you to fulfill you, to prosper you, to expand your influence in the earth may be hidden in plain sight within something common. It might be before, right before you, yet you ignore it each day because to you, what you are looking at is just common. God could very much want to do something through you. He could very much be calling your name every day. He could be knocking on your door every day. But because the knock is common, you ignore it. Because it's not spiritual, you ignore it. Here's an example. Because I told you the best and the worst part of learning for many believers, a large portion of believers, is that they learn of spiritual gifts. The good part about that, or the best part about that, whatever right word is, is that they learn that the Holy Spirit gives out spiritual gifts as it wills. So you as a person can be endowed with a spiritual gift just because you're born again. That's a good thing. That's the best thing, to know you have that power on the inside of you that could just... At will, if you if you if you yield yourself to it, can can work through you. But you know what some of what the worst part about it is. Now, everything you look for that's going to be, quote unquote, a call of God or a sign from God, if it's not spiritual, it's not God. The bad part is we lock in on spiritual, on the spiritual, and ignore God's call from the common. Let me give you an example. Let's say, and a lot of, a lot of you probably had this example. Let's say you're a good cook. I mean, and you're passionate about it. So let me do that. You don't just have a passion, but you got the skill too. Okay? It's a, it's, it's a difference. It's a difference. And a good cook will see that thing all the way through. And what do I mean? Have you ever walked into somebody's house? 
Now, this is, you, I know you did this because I did it before. You walked into somebody's house and the food smelled good. Like, you're like, oh, they throwing down in here. I don't know if it was baked chicken, it was steak, it was whatever. It was, but they didn't have no follow through. <laughs> the smell is there, but when you put it in your mouth, the taste, the, you did. So you're passionate about cooking, but you know you're not, you're not good yet. But keep, work, but keep working on it. But, but let's say you're passionate and good. Let's say you're passionate and good. But you have that, I'm going to call it a gift. It's common, but I'm going to call it a gift. But because it's not spiritual, you ignore it as being a kingdom calling. Yeah, we're going to step on some religion today. Because you getting in there and making them pots and pans sing, you ignore it. Because it's common. You ignore it as being a kingdom calling. Look at this image. You ask yourself, God, what's my gift? And because you know that the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts and because you read your Bible, God, do I have the gift of prophecy? What about serving? Do I have the gift of leading? God, the gift of miracles, what do I have? Am I an apostle? Am I an evangelist? Oh, ooh, God, am I a pastor? I don't belittle any of these things up there because the Bible tells us also that we should pursue spiritual gifts. Let's make that clear. But thinking that the only way God can use you for his kingdom is by listing you in one of these distinct spiritual gifts is a false falsity. Because there is something in you that God has given to you, uniquely you, that can be used for his kingdom and it's not listed specifically up here. If cooking is your thing, feel good about pursuing the spiritual, but stop dismissing your ability to cook as a kingdom calling. Let me, let me, let me, let me rope some more of you in. I don't, I don't feel consensus. You see that note at the bottom? What's the main purpose of gifts from God? It take any of these, whether you an apostle, whether you go, go back to, go back to, I apologize, taking you back. Uh, to, to the one that's of Ephesians. This one right here. If you read this, he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists. If you keep reading, it's for the benefit of the church. Take me to, take me to the Romans one. Paul said this right off the jump. 
before he talk about prophecy and serving and teaching and comforting, he says, we all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace that God gave us, right? And you keep on going, ah, where is it? Gifts. Yes, where is that? Yes. It's it's all all of all of these things. If you were to if you were to keep reading in this too, that that giving to help others, even though it's listed as a gift, it's saying that all these things is for people. Give me my other one. The first Corinthians. Right off the jump, what does this say? Some of the some from spirit can be seen each person. Then it says what? Each the spirit gives this to each one to what? To help other people. And this very same one, if you continue reading, it takes you all the way down and talk about you guys all trying to see who's the most spiritual and who's doing this and that. But I got a better way for you. And it rolls in the chapter 13 says you can do all these things for God. But if you got if you don't have love, it don't mean nothing. You just a sound and brass and a tinkling cymbal. Go back to the one I was at with the list. So what's the purpose of the gift? It's the purpose of the gift is to reach people. But you dismiss your common talent, your common skill as a gift. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to reach, reach more people with your chocolate cake and your fried chicken and your banana pudding and your roasting potatoes than... Anybody in a church. There, there, there are people. There are people that will flock to you because of your common gift. And those people will never step foot in a church. But God is using your gift for his kingdom. But we look past the common. And what God has for you for his kingdom could be hidden in plain sight. God in a burning bush right before you, but you dismiss it. You dismiss it. You dismiss it. And get this. It is such a burning bush. I'm all over my nose now. But it is, it is such a burning bush that people will tell you in your face, and let's just stay with cooking. This is good. They'll, they'll say, you should do something with this. They'll tell you, but not just one person. You will hear it over and over and over and over again. And what do you do? Oh, that's just, that's just my, my mama recipe. Oh, I just something I, I whipped up. Burning bush. God calling. But, well, I'm not a prophet. I don't know about, you know, speak the interpretation of tongues and interpretation of dreams, whatever people ask you. Hospitality. God in the common. God is more in the, yeah, 
God is going to flash before you more in the common than in the spiritual. But we ignore it. Say this with me. Say, we spend so much time expecting God's call to come through some majestic means that we miss his voice in the simple. Give me first Kings. You know, Elijah talking to God once, Elijah with a J. And the Bible says, this is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, in the easy-to-read version. We look for God in some majestic ways. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go stand in front of me on the mountain. I, the Lord, will pass by you. Then a very strong wind blew. The wind caused the mountains to break apart. It broke large rocks in front of the it broke large rocks in front of the Lord. But that wind was not the Lord. After that wind, there was an earthquake. But but that earthquake, that wasn't the Lord either. After the earthquake, there was a fire. There's a, there's a, that's a fire. But that fire was not the Lord. Ooh, after the fire, though, family, there was a quiet, gentle voice, and that's what, that was God speaking. We, like Elijah, Elijah clearly expected God to speak in some thundering way, that there would be some earth-rattling, earth-shattering move that made sure he knew this was God. But no, when God spoke, he spoke in a quiet, gentle voice. I want y'all to say something with me again. Look at your neighbor, though. Say, sometime... God is not going to speak in the thunder. Sometimes God's voice is going to be quiet. So stop exhausting yourself, looking for God to show up only in some earth rattling spiritual event. God might want to speak to you through some simpler, less flashy means. Loved ones, in a nutshell, God may be trying to reach you through the common. We talked about cooking. So let's just launch out in our list of items from there. You're cooking. You ignore it as a kingdom call. But that cooking can cause people to flock to you. And so through that cooking and your subsequent restaurant, you now have the opportunity to reach masses for the kingdom. 
if you want to if you want to kind of put some a spiritual spin on it, that restaurant become your church. You 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 do hair very well. And that gift causes people to flock to you. So that salon that you step out on that unusual path and start, that salon now puts you in a position to reach people for the kingdom who may never step foot in a church. It becomes your church. You're good at repairing cars. You're good at repairing a lot of things. So what do you do? You, you, you use that gift to establish your shop or establish your business. And because you are gifted at it, people flock to you. And when they flock to you, guess what? You now have the opportunity to touch them for God, for the kingdom. You always, people are always telling you, you know what, when I leave your presence, I just feel better. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm lighter. You always give me so much wisdom. You, 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 you help me through, through so many hard times. And not just one person, many people tell you that. And guess what? You step out on that unusual path and you start that counseling center. You, 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 you start that, that business for reaching young people, for reaching women, for, for helping families. And all the people that flock to you because of your gift, you now have the opportunity to reach for the kingdom. Amen. And those people may not ever step foot in a church, but they meet God through you. I'll even say this. Your gift is so powerful that there may be believers who said to themselves, I will never step foot in another church. But they're going to walk through your doors. They're going to walk through your church doors. But it's through the common. And we dismiss the common because if it's not an earthquake, if it's not a mighty roaring wind, if it's not a fire, how can it possibly be God? And in some respects, we are, we are, we are taught that if it's not on that list of things, that it's second, secondary. I've, 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 I've heard people, somebody's sharing what's on their heart. They, they, they just have a passion for something. And somebody say to them, so, but what's your gift? What you mean, what's my gift? I'm trying to tell you what I believe God wants me, wants me to do. Yeah, but what's your gift? In my opinion, they miss it. God is not just the God of spiritual gifts. He's a God of gifts. And whatever he gives you as a gift is for reaching people. And 
Listen, if you run across somebody like that, just forget that. You follow your heart and your spirit with the passion that God has given you to do what he's nudging you to do. Take that unusual path and God will meet you where? There. Don't listen to nobody to try to try to get you to peg the spiritual gift attached to what God wants you to do. You you keep frying your chicken and 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 getting them people to come okay. at that window at that food truck. You keep doing that. That's what you do because you're having more influence for the for the kingdom than they are being able to name their gift. Some people that name gifts run more people away from God than attract them there. And they picking at you because you put waves in people's hair. You do locks. You do curls. But you know what? Everybody that sits in that seat for two hours, for three hours, you are feeding them kingdom news. And their hearts are changing. They'll never talk to a pastor. They don't even want to go in there again. Why? Because they hurt him last time. But you never hurt me. And you let me be myself. I say, I, say, I say a word off the cuff, off the side of my mouth. You, you, you don't sprinkle holy water on me. It's, 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 a, it's a matter of what do you want to do with your gift? Because if you want to really reach people for God with your gift, you need to stop controlling how God used your gift. I can't. I can't say I give you control and, 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 and still keep the keys and keep my foot on the brake. That's not even a smooth, that's not even a smooth ride. But we do that. We dismiss God in the common. Give me my next image. Because frankly, It would be good. It would be wonderful if people would just stop being overly concerned about identify, identifying a spiritual name for the gift and just live for God. That's the end of the message. That's the end of the message. That, that, I can drop the mic, can't I? <laughs> I? I just decided just to, let's not keep going. You know, I can keep going with example, but this is just live for God. Because you can spend so much time trying to identify what the spiritual gift is and chase behind spiritual gifts. When if you just live for God, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts as you go through your day. And he will if you got to prophesy, he will let you prophesy. If you got to heal somebody, he'll let you heal somebody. But you can heal somebody while you work on their carburetor. Oh, do they have carburetors now? It's so computerized. Why you why you what do they have? Why you work on their fuel injectors and they come in to, 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 hey, to, to give you that money that's going to prosper you and prosper your family and give you resources for the kingdom. You can also go ahead and repair their heart. How does that work? Because as you deal with people over and over and over and over again, you develop a level of trust. And if you don't got trust, you can't reach nobody. But if they trust you. And, and how, does the, how does the trust come? It's not just your gift. 
It's how you treat them every time they come to your business. It's, it's, it's you know what? They overpaid you and you actually called them and said, I just realized I over. And they say to themselves, what kind of person calls me back to give me money back? I want to know more about that person. But all this comes through the common. It's not coming through you, you, you standing and, and div dividing fish and loaves. But it can come with you cooking that fish and bread, though. Hey, 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 you, you might not be you might not be dividing, but you feeding the multitude. And, and you know what happened when Jesus fed the, fed the multitude? They flocked to him more. Why? Because the word of him went out. Every time you do your service well, somebody else tells somebody else about what you do. Girl, I heard that you and your husband got back together. Well, oh, I went to see so-and-so and, and they talked to me and they gave us some, some wisdom and yeah, we back on track. Really? They may not call them that day, but you better believe it gets locked in. Girl, I saw you on Facebook with a hamburger. Where you got that from? It was it good? Oh, yeah, girl, it was good. You know what? They may not go that day. But you know what they do? They lock it in. There isn't a handyman within 100 miles of me that would deny this. Word of mouth is their greatest selling point. Word of mouth is their greatest selling point. And that's through the common. Now you are in somebody's home, hanging a TV, fixing a pipe. God just put you in a location. Boom. When you walk through that door, guess what? The kingdom of heaven just arrived. But you got there through the common. It would be so good if folk would just stop trying so hard to identify the spiritual name for their gift and just live for God. Let God worry about the gift, what it's called, when you get to use it. And you just keep doing what he's given you in the natural to do. Let me give you one more nugget. We're, we're, we're in good time. Can you take me back to my, to my exodus? I told you there's a lot going on in here. But I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down. I'll bring it down to this. Check this out, family. Read those six words for me again. Ready? Go. Moses looked again at the bush. Moses looked again at the bush. That tells me another thing. Yeah, we know now that burning bushes are common. And so he just kind of looked at it the first time and was just like, yeah, you know, it's just a burning bush. But that also tells me, and I'm, I'm extrapolating here, but it's going to be reasonable. 
it tells me that perhaps that's not the first time God appeared in a burning bush. Think about it. Let's say this was on a Tuesday. God could have appeared last Thursday, but he looked at it as common. So why is it that he can see it now, but he didn't see it last Thursday? If I could throw a date in there, they ain't said that in the Bible. Notice, verse 3. He said, why is this bush not burning, burning up? I need to move closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. That tells me that in this particular moment, Moses was still enough to observe it and want to see it. What do I mean? If a burning bush is common, there is a, there is a running clock in somebody's head about how long it should burn. So when you see a bush burning and you're just doing your sheet thing, it's burning. You figure eh, it's going to burn out in 10 minutes. So you go and you turn the curve. You will not look back at it. But this tells me this time he was standing still long enough to acknowledge God in the common. What's the message for you? Sometimes we don't notice God in the common because we won't be still enough to know. We are so busy with our routines and so busy chasing the spiritual that we walk right past that burning bush every time. And it's not until we stop and try to hear God in that quiet, gentle voice and really observe everything that comes our way and every gift and talent we have and everything that someone tells us that we do well, that we might see our burning bush. Because if you only look for God in the earthquake, if you only look for him in the fire and you only look for him in the great wind and you don't stop long enough to consider what's common before you, you might miss your burning bush. I don't know how many burning bushes he walked past before. But this time, because he was still enough for God to actually reach his heart, this time he saw it. And it made him want to come closer. The thing that God has given you, at some point, you have to be curious enough to get closer to it. As long as you stay distant from it, as long as you keep ignoring it, you're going to miss God in the common. So that's Moses, us talking about the burning bush specifically. And guess what? There is still more. but we'll deal with that next time.
what I want to leave you with. And, and I, ha I have something I want to say I want to leave you with. But since the, the lovely young lady said that we could end it on that other slide, <laughs> can we put that other slide up? So I want to leave that, too. I want to I want to say that, too. So one of the things that we're going to say is, is the key is that we should just live, just live for God. It would be wonderful if people, if us, if we, if us and we all would stop being overly concerned about identifying a spiritual name for the gift and just live for God. That is what we're going to slide in here as one core item for today. The other core item is this. With all that's in me, I want to tell you to take inventory of your life, inventory of what people have told you in the past, inventory of what you do well. I don't care how small it seems. Every, everything from being able to, to, to put an extension on a house to make the best curried chicken anybody ever tasted. I mean, anything. And I want you to determine for yourself by stopping and really evaluating it whether or not there is a kingdom call for you in that common. I think about, and we're going to wrap up with this, I think about there is, a, there is a verse, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, where it talks about sowing or giving. And it says that you should give in a variety of different ways and in a variety of diff different buckets and into a variety of different endeavors because you don't know which one is going to hit. You don't, you don't know. They all can hit. One can hit. But because you don't know, Whenever you feel an unction from God that has something that could be used for his kingdom. To. And yes, to prosper you, but the whole purpose of a gift is to help others. But God is not going to put you in a position to help others and not and not benefit you. Release your gift. Don't hold it. Don't bury it. Don't put that candle under, under, under a bucket, under a bushel. Release it. God, what he has for you can be hidden in plain sight in a burning bush in the common. Don't dismiss it because it's not spiritual. I love you so much. Let's pray. God, I thank you that each and every person has been given something special that's uniquely them by you. Whatever it is, we're not going to try to name it. We're not going to try to identify it. You, 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 you have given them, given them something. And it is our prayer that they will seek from you what it is that they can use to benefit the kingdom. 
you are a spiritual God. We acknowledge that. That's clear. But you're so much more. The gifts that we have, we dismiss them because they're not Yes, spiritual looking. But so much of what you've given us, even though it's not spiritual looking, can have a great impact on the kingdom. Our prayer is that each and every person here identifies their burning bush. Show them you and their common gift, talent, skill. And we celebrate in advance that skill being put to use for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.